This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 285 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Southern Equine Expo, High Visibility Sportswear, and Equisketch. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop I'm Glenn Geek, And this is Reese Koffler-Stanfield And you're listening to Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well hi Reese Hi, Glenn. How are you? Terrific. You're filling in for Helena today. I actually saw Helena over the weekend. We were at the Ada show up in Philadelphia, and Helena came down with her co-host of the uh, Chasing a Fox radio show. Sissy was there. So I got to spend the weekend, have dinner with him a couple nights. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Oh, it looked like a party. I was following you guys on Facebook, and I really wanted to be there. Yeah, so next time we're going to have to try and find, uh, when, whenever we go there twice a year, one, one of these times we're going to find a time you're free and you're going to have to go along. Okay, it, deal. Twist you know, my arm. You and Jennifer can go out shopping for oh, days. Yes, I think we can <laughs> handle that. Jennifer and I can, can do that. She was very <laughs> upset this time because we have to bring our recording equipment and that takes up uh, two suitcases and we have our <laughs> other two suitcases. So we had no suitcases left for her to cash and carry on the way home. Oh, there are always boxes. Yeah. Oh, there are ways around these things, bud. <laughs> so, so we did have a great time and did get to see Helena. She had a actually her farrier. The only time he could do it was during recording time today. So, everybody knows how that goes. You you say yes to the farrier and you change your plans. So. <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's what happens. So that's why Reese is here. Reese, of course, is the host of the Dressage Radio Show here on the Horse Radio Network and a good friend of mine as well. So uh, it's so much fun to get to do this show with you, Reese. I know this. I have not been on Stable Scoop, so this is great. And it is warming up here in Lexington, but when you called, it was nine degrees. And what are you up to? Twelve is- now. Uh, yeah, we are. I think we are close to twenty. We are twenty-four degrees. That is like wow, a heat we're gonna wave. have to get off of here so you can go out and actually touch I'm, a horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna touch a horse and actually ride one maybe later. But um, yeah, they said it would get up to about twenty in the in the mid twenties today, which is. Uh, I have to be honest. I rode last week and it was it was uh, high teens, low twenties, and I was sick for the evening. And it, I just decided I'm like, it is too cold to be out here doing this. So we are taking it easy on the horses. We really are. And in ourselves, I it was so cold. It was hurting your chest. So, um, you know, for all the, everyone who's in the cold weather, it is so frustrating. And, uh, I feel ya cause we, I am right there with you and it, we are trying and, and our clients are being great about it. Um, but it, it is what it is. So, we're trying to make the best of it. So well, to make I'm glad all I of you hear. feel better. It is it is <laughs> yeah, uh, not a terrific day in Florida either. It is 39 degrees here, and we're at the middle. That's our high today, um, uh-huh. and raining. So, <laughs> uh, so the horses are actually in the barn because it is uh, you know 39 here and raining is pretty chilly in Florida. That's cold in Florida, and there's yeah. the wind. I, I I have never actually been as cold as I have been in Florida because there's just at least here you can close the barns up, and we have an indoor, and so sort of once you're in either of those locations you're okay. Um, but in Florida, barns don't close the way we can close them. And Oh, it's, it's chilly. So I do feel for you, Glenn, when the wind comes off the ocean, it's, uh, it gets, it's 30 degrees. It gets chilly. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. It is, it is a cold and and you don't really know it until you've been in Florida. Um, how cold that is. Yeah, but I'm not, you know what? We're not minus 50, so I'm happy. You know, just poor people. (laughs) Just, Oh, we just, yeah, we have every faucet running. I don't even want to know what my water bill is going to be. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I do want to, ask you though if you don't mind sure. uh because the, you you talked a little bit about our, our, over on the dressage show but you we haven't talked about it here on stable scoop reese had the opportunity to take a trip for two weeks uh, through an organization to 
Africa. Tell us what your favorite parts of Africa were. I did. It was it was great. I went with the Kentucky Agricultural Leadership Program, and uh, it's, it really doesn't have that much to do with horses in the sense of they're an ag product in Kentucky. That's about it. And I joined this group um, kind of as, as to broaden my horizons. I'm, I'm always constantly trying to do that um, and, and, and keep, you know, stay educated and stay in other other parts of my life. I, my undergraduate is ag econ and my master's was international commerce. So it sort of fit in. And part of the capstone of this course, it's a two-year course or two-year commitment, was an international trip. So that's how uh, our group decided to go to South Africa, uh, which was absolutely fabulous. Um, I was a little bit nervous about traveling to Africa. I've done um, quite a bit of traveling, but uh, never to Africa. Um, and, and actually my family, nobody's really traveled to Africa. So it was on my bucket list and I, we had a blast. Uh, it was, uh, 25 of us in the group and we traveled literally all through South Africa and we saw, uh, their whole, uh, agricultural industry from horses. We saw some saddlebreds, we saw some thoroughbreds. Um, and thankfully a lot of farmers are typically also horse riders. So I met uh, one lady, they had a banana and avocado farm and she uh, had horses. Okay, that she just had sounds show funny for some reason, you know, I those know. two together. Yeah. It's so funny. And I went to her in down to her barn and actually, you know, I told her about the horse radio network and I know she's listening because she, she posts now. And, um, so it, you never know who you're going to meet. So, uh, that was really fun was to just go about it and, and meet horse people in South Africa. Um, and just see because of the apartheid, it's a very, uh, it's ended 20 years ago now. So to see their social issues is really interesting and their agricultural, um, whole because of the apartheid they are self-sustaining so they can produce everything they need in south africa um so it's really interesting they have a really diverse uh group of crops um and i am learning way more about corn and wheat than i ever thought i would know um <laughs> a lot and of that, a lot in cows a lot of my fellow um classmates are, are big time grain farmers and so it was really fun to see them you know see that their industry in south africa versus ours and and so it was a really cool trip but my favorite uh was kruger national park um, where you go and it's a safari and, and you get to go and, and we saw the big five, which are elephants, rhinos, um, lions, leopards, and Cape Buffalo. So we saw all of those and it was pretty awesome. So we really, really enjoyed that. Well, it sounds like I was watching, I looked at some of the pictures you've been posting and it did look like you guys were all having a blast. Uh, yep. Uh, and you didn't, you didn't have to take care of a horse, shovel a stall, or ride a horse the entire time you were there. It was weird. I, I the first, <laughs> I, I'm always that way. The first maybe four days, I'm okay, and then after that, I am itching. So to be able to see a couple horses, uh, I just said, "Come on, I got to touch a couple horses." This is pretty awesome. So I really, really enjoyed that now, a lot. I so. made you ride a camel once. Uh, yes. Did you get to ride any exotic animals like a zebra or an elephant or anything? <laughs> No, I, unfortunately, that would have been great, but it wasn't on our tour. But if I go back again, Glenn, just for you, I will try to ride an elephant. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, just skip the tigers and lions. Yeah. And stuff. They yeah. don't like it so much. Yeah. No, I don't think I want to ride one of those. Now, yeah. did you get to see, were you in the Plains area at all, where you saw the thousands of, uh, uh, of the, uh, what are they called? The, they see the Cape Buffalo... They're usually we were we were actually south of there, okay. so we did not see. Yeah, we didn't. That's the more antelope and all that mm -hmm. stuff where running in great big herds and yeah, and I think that's more Tanzania or Namibia okay. that doesn't happen quite as much, and I could be wrong on exactly where the sort of great migration is, but it was it's not it doesn't occur in South Africa actually, okay, or to that number. Yeah, I asked that question actually because I wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess the best way to see that's probably a helicopter. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would be a little nervous in those sort of rinkety old, you know, <laughs> vans. I was going to ask you that. Did you have any plane rides that were in the uh, propeller, you know, was run by a rubber band plane? <laughs> yeah, actually, we, we traveled in style. Thankfully, this group, they're really good about that. We okay. had a, a huge bus that we traveled. We did a lot of driving, but no we had a bus. No rubber band planes then? No, no. no. And, and strangely enough, between Cape Town and... Uh, 
uh, Johannesburg, which is their two main cities. It's about 14 hour drive between literally, you know, what we would think is like a little puddle jumper. No, no. The plane that we went from the U.S., one of those big, you know, big jets was full. It's like 450 people commute between the two cities. So it was pretty amazing to see that. You know, you think, oh, I'm just going to go from Cape Town to Johannesburg. No, no. It was in like the jumbo jet that goes across the goes across you know, that, the, I, I would love to I think Africa is one of the places I would love to see I not so much India I don't really have any desire to see yeah. India at all that's not one of my favorite countries. sorry listeners in India no, no I'm sorry <laughs> um, just don't have any desire to see it uh, but Africa yeah I definitely would like to see Africa that would it, be it cool. is worth it. it it's I would go with a guide uh, you know with well, they Jennifer have... wants to do one of the horseback riding uh, safaris mm-hmm. I think that that would be great. This group, you know, again, was that was sort yeah. of not our focus, but we were able to see and do some touristy stuff. And and I, after going there, as long as you have a, a, a guide that is approved, you are in good shape. I would have and no armed. problem. <laughs> um, they weren't armed, but oh, they really? definitely, no, they were not armed, but they, you know, knew where to go and where not to go. Mm-hmm. And um, we had some, we went to just, there was one place actually up by Kruger National Park where I was uncomfortable a little bit. Um, you know, we went off the resort, you know, resort or where we were staying um, to dinner. And, um, you know, uh, we all got back on the bus to go back to the resort. You know, it wasn't like, let's hang out. And we yeah. were fine in the restaurant, but I wouldn't want to, let's get to out hang out. Now. Yeah. How about the food? So, oh, great, actually. I Again, I was I brought some power bars. I was ready to lose some weight. <laughs> I thought this will be good. Get off my Christmas weight. Uh, unfortunately, it's the other way around. The food's great. Um, their sort of national dish is called pop and it's very similar to polenta or grit, Mm -hmm. very similar type, you know, kind of forms a, like a mashed potato type, you know, I don't know how to describe that kind of consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Consistent, a little bit tighter than oatmeal. Um, and then they serve it, uh, they serve tomato sauce with onions and peppers on top. It's very good, and they can. We had it several different ways, baked or you know, just just served in it as a dish. They're they eat a lot of meat. Too. Yeah, they're big say, meat yeah. eaters. Yeah, yeah, they're big meat eaters. Um, did you have uh, anything exotic? I did some kudu. Um, what else did I have exotic? Um, I I'm not. I didn't eat a ton of exotic. The kudu was excellent. It's kind of like deer. Yep. Um, that was very good. I'm trying to think. There were a couple other things. Um, some of the guys got really adventuresome and I'm not quite as adventuresome. Um, <laughs> uh, well, and I have, I have some, I don't know if anybody has food allergies, so I have some food allergies, so I'm a little bit careful about that. Um, not that deer would be there, but you know, I kind of stick, I personally stick a little more mainstream for that reason. Um, and then they had great fish, especially down by Cape town. Uh, but my have mostly fish allergies, so I didn't have any of the fish, but it looked great. So, um, really good food, surprisingly good and fresh. And they eat a lot of butternut squash because that's produced there. Um, they produce a lot of squash. Um, and again, uh, uh, citrus and avocados and, uh, they can produce all of that and it's all very good. They always served a salad that's kind of like a Greek salad, um, that had feta, which their own type of feta, which was delicious, a tomato, uh, olives, lettuce, uh, green peppers, red peppers sometimes. So very, very good. Good food. Uh, surprisingly good food. Well, terrific. I'm glad you had a good time and uh, <laughs> it was fun to check out your pictures. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, we'll keep posting some. Well, we're going to be going a little bit around the world today, too, with our guests. We're starting with Tammy Crawford. She's down in Tennessee, and she's a a fellow compatriot of Reese's on the dressage side. We're going to be talking to her a little bit. Uh, She had an interesting start, though. She didn't start like most dressage riders did. She started with Arabians. Uh, We're going to talk to her about that and then an expo that she has coming up that she hopes you can get out to see her. And then we're going to Scotland. We're going to be talking to one of our listeners, Jillian Scott from Scotland, ironically enough. Uh, and Jillian is a uh, is uh, the reason we're talking to her is she is an excellent horse clipper, and she's one of those people that can do designs in the horses and make them look good. Not like when Re- <laughs> yeah. not like when Reese and I Us? try it. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, Jennifer, Jennifer does a good job with the basic clips, but uh, we have never tried exotic stuff. This like, is intense. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah, like we're talking zebra stripes and leopards, and you know oh, all that stuff. Fabulous. Yeah. No, uh, uh, stars and stripes and all that. But uh, Jillian does all that, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about that. 
uh, all the way from Scotland as well. And then towards the end of the show, we have for you our Tack and Habit segment. We recorded a lot of segments at the American Equestrian Trade Association that we'll be bringing to you over the next couple of months. And today we're going to start with a company by the name of S. It's spelled E-C-E. It's pronounced S. And they're going to come on and talk about their new line of products. And they are actually based out of Wellington. So uh, we're going to be talking to them about their their clothing line that they have out. But we're, first, we're going to talk. We're going to do a commercial for High Visibility North America, the distributors of UK's number one high visibility performance sportswear range for equestrians, horses, and canines. If uh, they're having a winter promotion right now, they have some of their winter jackets and their quilted jackets on sale at a fantastic price. So now is the time to head on over to HighVisibilitySportswear.com and check out the sale they have going on. The entire range is not only functional in that it will keep you safe, whether in the woods during hunting season or riding on the road or out on the trail, but it's also fashionable, meaning everyone from eventers to dressage and Western riders love it. You know, we uh, we don't go out. We, we have the vests down here in Florida from High Visibility, and the nice thing about the vests is they're fitted, so they're not big and baggy like the construction workers wear. Yes. Uh, you know, so <laughs> yeah, they're fitted absolutely. vests. They're, they're really products. nice, and you know this stuff, actually. You've yeah, seen it. Yeah, I do. It's, they're great products, and and I modeled them once uh, at at a I forget I think it was Riders for Helmets meeting, and uh, great products and super good for safety. And I don't ride on the road too often. I try not to uh, with my my not broke ponies, but. Um, great products. Yeah, we we do here in the neighborhood. We ride in the roads all the time. And, you know, we don't have a lot of cars in neighborhoods, but the one we do are are driven by very old seniors. Mm. So you want to make yes. sure that they can see. As a matter of fact, Jennifer had one of them stop her the other day or came up beside her while she was riding and said, thank you for wearing that because sometimes it's hard for me to see the horses. Yes, um, exactly. Especially on a cool rainy day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, great idea. Or it's just getting dusk or it's first thing in the morning, either one. And a lot of eventers ride in the neighborhood and i noticed a lot more of them are starting to wear the reflective wear as well so you know why risk it it's you know especially when you got the high visibility sportswear because it is fashionable it looks good they have pink they have uh orange like you see and then they have the yellow so they have a choice of colors and it's at great prices right now high visibility sportswear.com now off to tammy crawford who's going to be doing a clinic at the southern equine expo let's learn a little bit about her life she is out of tennessee and she has quite a history. She qualified and competed in the 2000 and 2004 Olympic trials for dressage, the 2002 World Cup trials, and numerous Grand Prix championships. And she is definitely living her childhood dream. And Reese knows her because you guys have uh, gotten together in the past on horses and things. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, she is also a trainer and has helped uh, multiple people earn their go- uh, silver medals and gold medals. So let's talk to dressage rider and trainer Tammy Crawford. Well, hi, Tammy. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi, it's good to be here. So good to have you. And now it turns out that I have a fill-in co-host today, and you two, like our good buddies, know each other. We do. Yeah, Reese and I have <laughs> known each other for a long time. I figured, you know, dressage world, you're not too far from Reese. You two had to, you know, run across each other dealing with horses at one point or another. And that's, in fact, how you do, uh, apparently, is a horse sale. So, um, Oh, yeah. We, yes. we just, we last week, actually. So we, <laughs> it was a, it, when, you, when I got the notes this morning, I was so happy to have Tammy. And she's such a wonderful trainer. So, Tammy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in dressage? Well, I actually started because of my mother. She raised Arabians, and she always loved dressage. And, of course, I always loved to jump. And she would drag me out of the jumping ring and force me to go over and do this dressage thing. Ew. And then, what? Like, <laughs> oh, no, but when you're a teenager, it's ooh. <laughs> Glenn, ew. Glenn, Glenn. <laughs> I wanted to run and jump. I wanted to event. And mother would say, no, you're coming over here. <laughs> so it just finally stuck. Now, were you doing, were, was she doing dressage and were you doing jumping with the Arabians? Yes, yes. I did a lot of dressage with the Arabians. I did a lot of jumping first and then it evolved into dressage. And I have been many time national champion years and years ago on Arabians. And um, we got up to fourth level. They didn't offer pre St. George then. And by that time, I, had, I was sifting to warm bloods. Oh, you were, you were what into warm bloods? 
I was shifting over into oh. warm blood. <laughs> I was wondering what you said. That was a really hard day when I had to go to my mother and say, we've got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know we, we've actually talked to a few people that are, you know, use their Arabians for still for dressage at the lower levels. What, what did you find mm-hmm. about the Arabians when you were dealing with them? Well, the thing with an Arabian is it's incredibly smart, and it really has taught me so well about really what dressage principles are. You can't force it, and you cannot force an Arabian to do anything that it doesn't want to do. So you have to learn how to channel it in a way that it wants to do it. And so I think the Arabian helped me as much as anything, that mentality for dressage. So you think that uh, actually having the Arabians really uh, determined how you train today because of that? Because they, they do require you to go around the block a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You have to think out of the box. You can't force them. You can't, I mean, I wouldn't abuse a horse anyway, but you can't do it through force. And um, they force you into riding better. You have to be creative. Well, you know, Tammy, when this dressage thing gets old, you can do endurance then and go back to Arabians. <laughs> Oh, yes. I would love to be in the saddle 24 hours. 24 hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. With, I, I have all respect for, for anybody that does endurance. That oh, is yeah. for sure. All of us do, because none of us want to sit in the saddle for 24 hours. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to knock it at all, but I don't think I can do it. (laughs) So Tammy, tell us a little bit about your transition into being a professional trainer and you have a huge barn in Tennessee. So how did you do that? How would you make the switch? Well, I've always, you mean, to being a professional, you know, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. people weren't differentiated so much between amateur and professional. And I believe it or not, nobody handed me a horse or the checkbook to go get one. So I had to make my own money to get the horse I had. And every horse I've gotten has kind of rested on the back of the horse before, you know, that I would sell it and then get another. And that's how I got my first one blood. Wow. That is kind of, but let me interrupt there. That is refreshing to hear because, you know, I think sometimes the amateurs see the professionals and they think that everything is given to them, that they have owners that do everything. They don't have to, they don't right. have to quote unquote earn their way, which we know isn't true, but you know, that's the perception out there. I think among some, yeah. uh, you know, amateurs. And it's, so it's so refreshing to hear that, you know, you, you did it the way they're doing it and you did that's it right. well. I that's mean, right. you, you were, you were, you know, you were in the Olympic trials and the world cup and all, and great, you know, grand prix championships and all of that you know, doing it, doing it that way. So that is refreshing. To hear. And, and, and you know what? I had the good fortune of, it, you know, everything is luck. Because how do you know that horse you buy as a three-year-old is going to pan out? Nobody knows till you start the training. And I had the good fortune of being with Robert Dover, and he helped me pick out this horse. And it was not expensive by the standards of what people think warm bloods cost. And he evolved into being a horse that gave me my dreams. Oh, that is so fabulous. It's, it's so true. It's, it's hard to pick that three-year-old, but with the right mm-hmm. advice and, and, and people that have been there and done that, sometimes that's the way to do it for sure. Yeah. And then we get yeah. on our knees that's... every night and pray they stay sound. Until... Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there the is some thing. luck in it. Yeah. There's some definite yeah. luck in there. Yeah. But, but I think yeah. that that's such a good comment because even as a professional rider, you know, you have to consider that, you know, we don't make a ton of money. So we make money no. by, you know, getting our next horses or thinking ahead and, and breeding or finding mm-hmm. that right horse. So that's a very difficult thing to do. So how have you kind of continued that? Well, one thing, I know you said breeding, and I I, I personally would not breed. I, I wouldn't even pretend to know how to breed to get the right horse. And so for me, when I look for a horse, I have to be able to get on it. I don't really want to. And at this point, I don't want to start with a really young one because I don't have time and um, time in my life. And um, so I always look for a horse that's already going under saddle. Can we throw energy in there, too? Because the older we get, the, the less energy we have for starting babies. That's Reese's job. No, 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 no. I've even, on, honestly, I've started with myself. Uh, I don't start mine. I send them. I have a great team that does it. Um, and I even send mine. Yeah. I, they have to walk, trot, and well, canter. you got to have a tremendous yeah. amount of time for that. The, I've had 
had to, you know, you just give up your pride and realize what you're good at. And there are people yes. that are talented at breaking horses well and starting them in a way that creates a wonderful future for them. And if you're not good at it, you start this horse in such a way that you're setting him on the path of a very sad future. And so I would rather my horse be started by someone that does it well. And does it all the time. I mean, I think that's it does it all the thing. time. That's yeah. what they love. They, that they, and they give the horse a great start and the horse is happy and everybody's happy. It's a great, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and I think that's a, just a great tip for every, everybody out there, amateurs, professionals. There's no, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with sending your horse for two or three months to no. someone that's really good at what they need to do. Cause I'm with you. I, yeah. I don't, I don't break babies. I have done it in my life and I am happy to close that book and I'm happy to send it to some, to, to somebody that does a really good job and I know it's done well and they're so good at it. So I love to hear you say that. So Tammy, tell us a little bit about your business and and your clinician and you travel all over the U S tell us a little bit about your business in Tennessee. Well, I have a, uh, I won't say it's a boarding barn because it's, People that train with me, they board with me, but it's not outside borders. And I, what I feel like, I have helped uh, people get their silver medal, their bronze medal, and I feel like my riders are real riders and or become real riders. They may not be when they start. And um, I like to think that I bring people along, and um, and I have my own horses that I compete on as well. And um, that's kind of the gist of it. I ride their horses and or teach them. So, Tammy, you're coming up here on February 14th through the 16th. Uh, You're going to be at the Southern Equine Expo as a clinician, and that is going to be at the Tennessee Miller Coliseum in Murfreesboro, which is a name I cannot say for some reason. Um, There's just too many letters in it. You have to be from the area. Yeah, there's too many letters (laughs) in it, and I don't have a southern accent, so I can't say it. But anyway, it's Murfreesboro, which is right near Nashville. I do know that part. Um, That's in Tennessee. That's where they used to hold Road to the Horse, actually. Yes. So that's yes. Um, now tell us, you know, you're going to be going down there and there's a ton of other really good clinicians. If you're looking for something fun to do and you're sick of the winter, head on over to the Southern Equine Expo. It's it's actually uh, Valentine's weekend, February 14th through the 16th. So uh, all of you uh, guys out there that are listening, you can go get your your uh, your girl something really nice for Valentine's Day because they have uh, lots of vendors there as well. And Tammy's going to be there doing her thing. So Tammy, uh, you know, do you do clinics a lot around the country or? Yes, I do. I, um, I give clinics and it's mostly a one-on-one situation. And, um, I think that what we'll be doing there is I'll have some students there that I'll teach and we're going to talk about getting the horse through and supple and transitions that lead to fine changes and some, uh, Supplements at least the lateral work, and I even am going to do one session on productive lunging, I call it, and uh, show people how to start a horse that's not accustomed to being in side range, a good way to bring them to being lunged where they're in side range. It's not stressful. Oh, that is a great topic. I love that topic because so many people... You know, lunging, you know, trainers, and, and I try not to be this person, but I say, go out and lunge your horse. And I, you know, you yeah. don't take the time. There are so many good things that you can do by lunging. And I think, you know, it's not just running the horse around. There there are some right. really good things. So, well, you know, I, I, think I, like some, I think that's something that people are not taught. That, you know, they, no. they know they should lunge or they see other people lunging, so they try it and, you know, maybe they figure it out. But it's not an intuitive thing to teach a horse to lunge and to be able to teach yourself to do it you know uh unless you're taught to do it that's a difficult thing to accomplish anything doing it that's right that's right and i'm i I like to call my lunging and i don't think it's anything unique from other people but i call it um productive lunging (laughs) it leads to the horse understanding the yielding to the hand and getting round to the back. Well, that's good because there's a lot of unproductive lunging that I see going. So (laughs) most of it is unproductive lunging. I love, I love that. I just made a note because I would love to have you come on the dressage radio show and give um, a trainer, a weekly trainer tip on productive lunging. And we can have a great conversation for anybody who is listening. That would be great fun um, to have you come and talk about that. That is something that we don't talk enough about in my mind. Um, So I I want to come. 
to the expo and, and listen to your lecture. That would be great. Oh, well, that would be great. Well, it be warm. It's inside. So <laughs> and it would be warm. Too. Yeah. It's heated. It's heated. <laughs> yeah, it's heated. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to mention a couple of the other people that are going to be there. You're going to be in good company. We got uh, Dick Peeper, who actually we had on, on one of our shows. Fascinating guy. Uh, and then we have 92-year-old Jack uh, Brainerd, who's going to be there, who really uh, taught horsemanship when all of us weren't even thought of yet. Um, oh, my goodness. Chris Cox is going to be there. Uh, Lisa Waisaki, good friend of the Horse Radio Network. She's an author, and she also uh, is a instructor and, and a coach and, and uh, a wonderful, wonderful person. Love Lisa. She has multiple books out and has done very well, top sellers and things like that. So you'll see her there. Heather Johnson's going to be there. Um, and uh, Mark and Miranda Lyon are going to be there. So you're going to be in good company there, Tammy. Oh, that sounds great. I'll be interested to watch myself. Well, <laughs> well this is fun. I hope everybody can come out to see you. Uh, Tammy Crawford's going to be there to check out the schedule. You can go to southernequineexpo.com. Again, it's February 14th through the 16th. And uh, ladies, you can also take your husbands off the hook because if you say, I am going to be gone on the 14th, they're going to go off the hook. So it <laughs> <laughs> works both ways. Everybody's happy yeah. then. Well, thank you, Tammy. What's your website? Mine is pennycrawforddressage.com, and I have a, a lot of pictures of my farm and what everything looks like there and what we do. All right. Thank you, Tammy. We'll Thanks, talk Tammy. To you again okay, soon. thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Next up, all the way from Scotland, is Jillian Scott. She is a clipper extraordinaire. She is from Peatside Equa Custom Clipping, and she's going to talk to us today about how she makes all those fabulous designs work when none of us can. Well, hi, Jillian. Thank you so much for joining us from all the way across the Atlantic. Oh, you're welcome. You know, uh, we, we're having you on to talk a little bit about the wonderful job that you do clipping and, and get some uh, pointers and tips on, on how to clip and make it look really cool like you did and not look like it does when I clip my pony. Um, so, but first, you're on your way to a horse show. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I am. Um, I, it's just a training evening. Um, and just, I'm taking my, my young horse out for the training night. Um, he hasn't done a lot of jumping or anything like that, um, and we don't have the facilities at home, so it's a, a good way to start with him. Um, so, well, tell us, we'll do well. Tell us about your young guy. Um, he's a 14 to partbred Welsh section C. Okay. And cool. he's about five, he's five, he's, he's rising six. He's done some showing shows, um, but this is only his second time out jumping, so... Fingers crossed. <laughs> for you and the Absolutely. Horse. <laughs> yeah, for everybody involved. <laughs> now, tell us, though, you also said, and we just talked about this with our previous guest, uh, that uh, we, had a, uh, we had two dressage riders on at the same time, and they both said that they don't start their own horses, that they, it's better to send them to professionals and let the professionals do it. And you're one of those. You apparently start horses. Yes, yes. Um, I've, been, I've been doing it since, since I was about 16. I kind of started... Um, learning with a friend who had, had done it all her life um, and I've worked at a few different yards to sort of 
learn the right ways and the wrong ways of doing things. And I finally opened up in business myself about two years ago. And it's been hectic ever since. Do you have a, a mentor, somebody you look up to? Not really. I mean, I take little bits and bobs from lots of different people. Um, but it's, it's mostly just about understanding the horses. It's, it's not so much... It, it's not always knowing lots of stuff about horses. A lot of it is just common sense. <laughs> yes, but it, it, there is, you know, I, I, we were just saying, you know, I, I don't specialize in breaking horses. I, I like them when they're a little bit older. Um, yeah. but part of it is because I don't do it enough. And that's what you're saying yeah. a little bit here is that you do, how many, how many do you, you break a year? Um, I'm, oh, I'm trying to think how many I had last year. I probably had about 20 in last year. They wouldn't all be from, like, breaking from scratch. I think I had a few last year that were just for, for schooling on, um, ones that had done a little bit of ribbon work, which is maybe some fine-tuning. Well, you know, anytime you're in the horse business, and, and especially the training business, I'm sure, Reese, you get these calls when, when we had our big farm. They always wanted to bring their problem children to you after they had already screwed them up. Do you have that problem, <laughs> yeah. Jillian? I, I, I have that problem quite often. You'll get people that will perhaps they'll phone you and they'll ask about training the horse and they ask the price and how long it's going to take. And then <laughs> yeah. they don't call you back. They try and do it themselves and they phone you six months down the line when they've got a really big problem and expect you to fix it. And that relates back to what we were just talking about earlier, doesn't it, Reese? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. start, send the horse to the professional in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. on any, anything, you know, like I said, I think you, as you get through your career, you have to be better and better about saying, you know what? I don't do young horses. I maybe have one a year. So, you know, one versus oh. 20, you just cannot, you know, I, well, I'll, I'll teach 20 horses a flying change every year, you know? So yeah. it's just, it's a different thing. And I think you need to, to be able to say that and, and send a horse to the professional before you get yeah. into any trouble. And then, you know, it's, it, owning horses is expensive as we know, but it's way less expensive if you just send the horse to the proper place, to the proper trainer, and then get the horse yeah. back and then do what you're, you're good at or, or go have fun and go to your horse shows and do what you need to do with your horse. So um, I love hearing, and it's perfect. It actually, we didn't, we didn't know before we chatted with you pre-show that, yeah. that you broke horses. So it's great yeah, to hear. Well. I find the biggest, the, the biggest problem is that people miss out is, is they forget about the groundwork. At the end of the day, you wouldn't get in a car with no brakes and no steering wheel. So why would you jump on a horse? Right. It yeah. doesn't know how to start and stop without the rider on it. Well, and, they, and everybody wants to get to the riding part, let's face it. You know, sure. groundwork can get boring, <laughs> yeah, but, but we all have to do it. I mean, even in driving, we we have to do the groundwork uh, yeah. before we hitch them up to a cart. I, I get the most common thing people say to me is, how do you do that job? That must be so, so much hard work with all these horses ducking all the time. But if you do the groundwork right, you don't have a problem. I don't even have people hold the horses when I'm backing them. I do everything by myself. Huh. Wow. Super. Wow. Well, good for you. How many broken bones? <laughs> ah, <go ahead. laughs> Just... I have had none. I've never had an accident on any of the horses that I've broken on my own. The only time I've had an accident is if I've taken on something that someone else has asked me to ride for them. Right. That's, again, usually the case, right? Yes. <laughs> well, Jillian, we have you on to talk about another thing. You sent some pictures to me. Uh, one of your yeah. spare time things amidst uh, all the other things you do is uh, you, you clip horses for people. You have Pete Side Equi Custom Clipping and yep. over there in Scotland. And I got to tell you. Some amazing clip jobs. I can't, oh, I can't make a blanket clip and, and do a straight line. And you're doing all these fancy designs and all this cool stuff. Do you tell us a little bit about how you do it? Is it all freehand, or do you do you write all over the horses first? Do you have templates? What do you do? It is all freehand. Everything's done by eye. I don't, I don't chalk out the outlines. I don't use pencils. I just take my clippers and I just go. Wow. It's amazing. It's so worth it. The zebra is my favorite. I mean, that is so cool. The zebra I is the first one that I've heard, actually. Oh, I love the zebra. Oh, my gosh. 
I love the a... other. I love the other one above it there uh, on our page, Reese. Where it has a little brown horse, uh, yes. sort of a uh, chestnut horse that has a uh, little curly cues all over it. I don't know how you did that. It's like a leopard. Oh, a, le- a leopard print. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's a leopard. That's, the leopard pony is the one that's going to be jumping tonight. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, oh, my how gosh. I, how I did that one was I clipped a lot of circles all over them. And then I got smaller clippers and clipped out the insides of the circles to make the leopard print pattern. Ah. It is cool. It, it is, is cool. so worth seeing. And the <laughs> leopard would actually help you. With, it wouldn't be sweating, which is why we're clipping them. And well, it's awesome. The reason, I mean, a lot of the clips I've done have just been for fun purposes or there have been some competitions on Facebook that I entered with them. But the leopard and the zebra in particular, they are more practical than you would think. Because when you take, for example, a traditional blanket clip, you're leaving half of the horse hairy and warm and half of the horse is cool. And with the winter being so cold over here, they, they can easily get a chill. So the leopard and the zebra have evenly spaced gaps all over them. So they don't get too warm and they don't get too cold either. Huh. That's Very cool. I didn't even think Love about it. that. Love it. There's method in the madness. <laughs> do you, uh, how long will it take you to do something like the leopard there? Um, the leopards take about three hours, all in all. That's all? So not really? too long. No. It would take me and a month. Zebra, <laughs> the zebra took about three hours the first time, but once I'd, once I'd done it once, I had it in my head, and the second time I did it, it only took about an hour and a half. It's so cool. It's it's awesome. I love it. And you've done this one of the people that one of the people that actually um, saw it on a Facebook page could actually tell which subspecies of zebra it was. That's how accurate the traits were. No, what? Wow. I was just in Africa and saw zebras, but I couldn't tell you what kind it is. <laughs> it looks very original, though. It's very cool. The zebra's awesome. Love it. Uh, let me ask you a couple questions here for everybody out there who yeah. who, who who wants to attempt this at home. Uh, by the way, you only get one shot, and then you got to wait till next year. Yeah. So. <laughs> or you have to have multiple horses. Yeah, or, or more than one. <laughs> but uh, what kind of clippers do you use? What brand do you use? I use Wolseley Harriers. They're my big heavy-duty ones. And I have two sets of smaller clippers. I've got Wall KM2s which are actually heavy-duty dog grooming clippers. Yep. And my tiny, tiny little ones are wall mini arcos. They're not good for doing a lot of actual clipping. You just turn them on their edge just to sharpen up all your little lines. Right. Do you sharpen your own blades or over there? Do, do you have that service over no, there? No, we, we, I don't do that over here. Then. No, we have to send them to a company. Yeah, but you do have them sharpened or, instead of just buying them yeah. all the time. Yeah. Do you send them out, Reese? We do. Yeah, I, I do. There's yeah. yes, I send them out too. Yeah, yeah there's a company. Uh, it's a saw shop actually. They like s- sharpen, uh, you know, chainsaw blades, oh. and they'll sharpen you know, sharpen your clipper blades. They're great. They get them back pretty quickly, and they're, it's not yeah. very expensive. It's much cheaper to sharpen them if you can. Yeah, then- but I don't, I don't clip, so um, I'm, I, well, I'm actually allergic to horses, so funny enough. Yeah, I'm allergic to horses, so I have to leave the barn when they clip. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I used to, and I get quite sick, so I finally figured it out. You so picked the right I profession, would, Reese, a yeah, horse know, trainer. Right? That was a really good choice you made there. Yeah, yeah, and I live in a barn. <laughs> all bad health choices, but that's all right. <laughs> Uh, I love it too much, and so I would. I want to print these out and give them to to my girls, and so that they can practice for next year. There you year. go. Here's your challenge. <laughs> yeah, this is what you got to do next year, kids. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Jillian, the part area you're in in Scotland. What part of Scotland are you in? Um, it's it's central Scotland. It's North Lanarkshire. So is we're it... kind of halfway in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Is it big horse country where you are, or, or not so much? Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of horses around about where I am. There's quite a few, yeah. Is it mostly backyard horses, you know, people just having horses for fun, or is it a lot of showing? Um, there's a bit of a mix of everything, really. We're, we're kind of, again, we're in the middle of quite a few big show centers. There's quite a lot of places all within and out of us, so that's bit varied, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, this has been fun having you on. I'm going to post the pictures over on the Stable Scoop. Uh, I'll post them over on the Stable Scoop Facebook page so everybody can see it, and we'll put, put them in the show notes as well. Uh, and you know what? If you, We have a lot of listeners in the U.K. Matter of fact, that's our second largest listening audience now. Oh, wow. Uh, so, well, you'll uh, have so 
more because all my all my Facebookers are going to be listening into this as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us how how can people find you if they want to locate you and your services? Um, well, they can go on either of my Facebook pages, the Pete Side Equity Custom Clipping, or the Pete Side Equestrian one, if they want to ask a question about breaking or schooling. Okay, and if they have a, a baby that has not been broke, that they haven't screwed up yet, then they can call you, right? Yeah, they definitely can. Okay. They'll be able to get my number on there as well. All right, very good. Thank you so much, Jillian. Good luck today at the show. Okay, thank you. I'll let you know how we get on. Great. Thanks, Jillian. It's time for Tack and Habit. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Sparkle and Boom. Sparkle and Boom is a new media marketing company. Our mission is to help small businesses add some sparkle to their marketing in order to get some boom in their bottom line. Our creativity, combined with an extensive background in the equestrian industry, makes us perfectly suited to help your business capture the potential of social media and the ever-changing World Wide Web. Visit us online at www.sparkleandboom.com. Well, today we have a recording for you that Jennifer and I did over the weekend, Reese, uh, with a company by the name of S. E-C-E is how it's pronounced. And they make a new line of, uh, of uh, breeches and, and shirts and other things. So we're going to talk to them about that coming up here on this Tack and Habit segment. Hi, Glenn here, and I'm with Coach Jen. And we are at the American Equestrian Trade Association show here in very chilly Philadelphia. Hi, hi. This has been so much fun. It has been fun. We found a lot of cool stuff this year. A lot of cool and people. It, in January, and a lot of cool people, and we have some of those with us today. We have Ellen Hart, who is owner of a company called S, which is spelled E-C-E. It's, it's called S, but there are no S's. That's right. Uh, hi, Ellen. Hi. It was good to meet you. Ellen's a lot of fun, and she's co-owner. a ham. Co-owner. Co-owner? Co-owner. Okay, it With said owner on your card. Well, it says owner on it's, Emily's it's card. Oh. I should have given you my card, too. <laughs> so now, you introduce your guests because you guys are best friends forever. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Can you want to introduce her? Oh, well, this is, this is Emily Thompson. She's a super awesome person and also a professional horse rider. Grand Prix, Grand Prix jumper, level. yeah, who, who resides in Wellington and also hates the fact that she's here right now. Uh, and it's it was cold chilly. weather, yes. It's a little chilly. <laughs> now, so Emily, let's start with you. You two have been friends for a long time and then uh, started this company. When do you have time in the midst of jumping all those horses every day? Oh, man. It, <laughs> it Such is, a good question. Yes, it really, it is, it is a stretch. I guess... Um, What's awesome is we have quite a few people working on it now, so we're able to juggle all of the responsibilities, and uh, really they end up working together because being out there at the horse show, riding and showing, competing, um, you have access to the to these professionals, to the the market. What people she's want. nailed it right there because the only time you can ever talk to a Grand Prix rider is when he's on his horse because he lives right. there. That's right. He lives on the <laughs> horse. You got to get in the ring, right? <laughs> get in there. So uh, so they've it's it's it is a lot of work, but they've really worked together, which is nice. They kind of go nicely together. So I'd you're gonna say. you're gonna trot past your fellow competitors, and as they go past, you're gonna oh by the way, did you get those breeches I sent to you? That's it how it's gonna work. A little bit like that, I yes. will say. I'm, Somewhat selling shirts at the inn gates and things like that. So, <laughs> selling uh, shirts at the inn yeah. gates. That's awesome. There's Your shirt's <laughs> dirty. Here. There's a little crossover for sure. That's but your business plan. Yes. Yeah, it's working together. So I can see Emily now at the inn gate. That is the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. You need one of these. Exactly. It's a hard sell. Yeah, that's right. It, it, is. Is. it is. Hey, it helps being out there, you know, seeing it happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that has worked for us. Do for the, sure. I got a question for yes. you, and I, I think I know the answer, but I'm curious. Do the do the jumper riders have have little 
Lucky Charms pieces of clothing and things like that, like golfers and stuff do, or are they just so busy they don't care? They absolutely do. It oh, is, really? It is actually I thought it would be funny. the other way. No, it's very funny because uh, we have experienced, um, this is obviously not in the marketing plan or something that we could have made to happen in any way, but the shirt has become a lucky shirt for a few of our top riders. Oh, that's awesome. And so it's, <laughs> everybody kind of has their little superstitions. It's it's there for everybody. Um, so our shirt has been worked into I that, see luckily. a rebranding now of the name, the lucky shirt. The lucky shirt. <laughs> it, it's happened quite a few times. Um, right now, one of our top riders Ronan McGuigan uh, won the World Cup qualifier in Wellington last week. I mean, he's on fire, and that's what he says. It's his lucky shirt. <laughs> you <laughs> can't night, get better rest. advertising than that. That's right. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, we've been very fortunate. Now, tell us about the shirts. We yeah, tell us lucky. about your clothing. It's yes. a clothing line. Now, I love your card because it says tailored in Manhattan for style and comfort. And you're the Manhattan side, Ellen, right? I, I am. I'm, I'm so she leaves you in cold New York while she's ground. in Wellington. Yeah. I know, I get a little Good friend she is. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> true. Especially when she complains about the cold snap in Florida. Yeah. What's that? Like, oh, it has been chilly in Florida. Vortex? I know. We've been down in the 20s. <laughs> right? Wow. It's cold. It has. Well, cold. Yeah, for it an runs. hour at a time. I know. Or, or a day. A whole day. I mean, Those Grand Prix riders aren't coming out till 8 o'clock. Now. I know. I know. We're really chilly. <laughs> We're pansies. That's right. <laughs> it's true. So tell us, it's a line of clothing. Tell us about what mm -hmm. you have. Um, well, the most exciting thing for me right now is that we've just released our uh, our new competition coat, um, and it's. We're super excited about it because it's beautiful. It's wicking. It's everything we hoped it would be, um, and everybody's heads are turning at the show here. So, um, but. Initially, we started with an AeroCool shirt, a competition shirt, um, and we've had several iterations of that throughout our time as a company, which is not all that long. We've been together for about, uh, we've been on the ground selling for about three years now, um, but our, our signature shirt is the Pearl Snap uh, custom liner uh, competition shirt. Yeah, they have. Uh, the, the, I like the liners because when it's open, it gives you that little bit of extra pop, and when it's closed, it looks like a competition shirt. It does. So, you yeah. can close it up, and we actually have some really fun custom options. We're the official show shirt of the IHSA. We make all the college team shirts. Oh, really? So, like, we just did the Florida Gators and Colgate and Randolph, some top. So the, the Florida Gators had orange yes. in there. Oh, they yeah, awesome. yeah. It's over at the booth. Actually, you can check us out at the booth. We have all the custom options, but the kids go crazy for them, and uh, and we make other custom. Uh, options for other businesses as well so so there is that for the right uh, quantity of shirts that people can put their logo in which you is know what fun. I'm liking is it's been boring for so damn long it really has <laughs> I mean when you think I about know. it it's been boring it's been white shirts and coats and the coats never fit well and I they were always look like sacks <laughs> yes. and now I mean look at your coat it's as tailored as it gets I mean, it, it really is. is. Now, and that's Thank that's you. a technical. And it looks fabric. fantastic on Emily because she's fantastic <laughs> well, looking. Yeah. But they yeah. made it. They made it uh, fantastic because they yeah. actually this jacket was put on the fit model, which was not me at this time because I was in Florida, and it still fit me. So they, the, <laughs> the sewing machine. It doesn't that make the, you feel good about yourself? Yeah, too? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I don't even need to be there. Because <laughs> we know those fit models never fit anybody. Right. right, that's, exactly, right. right. that's right. That's so right. Yeah, a confidence boost, right? Um, but they do. They do a great job at the sewing room we manufacture in Manhattan. Um, they're incredibly talented, and they have found a way with all of the technical fabrics that we use to keep the tailored form. They make mm -hmm. it tailored and look like a traditional exactly. wool coat or cotton shirt it's, or whatever. It's a beautiful hunt coat, first mm -hmm. and foremost. Yes. Which it is, just so which, happens. Which is be lovely, technical. because previous attempts at technical wear competition jackets... Um, they tr they did too much to the styling. Yes, mm -hmm. it, they went too far. Yeah. Um, it's it's so key when you're introducing new products into a marketplace to make it different yet familiar. Yeah, and they went a little too different. And this, until you look closely at it, all you're seeing is a cut coat that looks like it was custom made for someone. Yeah, when in fact it's a manufactured jacket in size X, whatever it is. Yeah, um, but it's designed in such a way that you can get that custom fit yes. from a, a coat off the rack shelf yes. coat, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we were, uh, the sewing room, they did such an amazing job when we put this pattern together that we don't even have a short and a long. Uh, it's it's one length, and one it length. fits. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I, I like about it, and you're, as you're sitting here, I'm noticing this especially, because uh, you have your coat all buttoned up, is a lot of those coats will, will poof and yes. bunch and in places. And, and, yeah. and, gap, and this one does not. I and mean, that's the cut. They nailed it. I mean, we've got a great team pulled together really whenever we come team. out with a new style, new design. I mean, uh, there's a bunch of heads put together here to try to get it, the cut just right. It's about the cut. No and poofing, no gapping. No poofing, and it snaps. Uh, I like the snaps too. You yeah, know, it's it's more slim in the front, and then the the collar um, follows the natural angle of the shoulder. So you see a lot of the technical jackets flip up in yes. the collars. Really irritating. Really bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know it's such an epidemic. So this is not going to happen. This is tailored for the men. It's going to be great because oh, you're going to make a men's we version. Are. We've got men's oh, and women's exciting. line currently, and then every time we release a new style, the men's and colors. Right um, we're going to do, for starters, just navy and black for the okay. jacket. Very smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. yeah. We... Well, 98% of the market is navy and black. Yeah. Right. I, I think it looks Tink's sharp. not in yet. No. no. Pink is not in. <laughs> I think it's, it's functional. You know, you get dirty out there. You fall mm -hmm. off. I mean, there's stuff that happens. And that's, that's a very, very nice shade of blue. It's navy, but not too. They, Thank yeah. you. I, I agree. We really we liked this, the blue. It's uh, it's really. Um, when you walked around different. the corner, I noticed you. Yeah. You know that, and you were with a bunch of people, and I, <laughs> you stood out. I mean, you really That's did. Right. You That's the jacket. Yeah. So many of the navies, especially when they're in wool fabrics or yes. wool blends, the navy is so navy. Unless you're in just the perfect light, it looks black. Yeah. You're well, what's right. the point? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wear a black jacket yeah. then. Um, <laughs> it's navy, but yet it's a very. You could wear that in equitation class. Yeah. You can wear it in a hunt class. You can wear it in jumper class. It's going to work everywhere. Buy one jacket, you're set. Yes, that was our our vision because uh, you know Ellen and I both rode in equitation when we were kids. And uh, obviously the hunters, I mean, this is a big market in this country. We, we can't both have had exclude. heat stroke. Live and learn. prompted us to, to make show shirts and jackets for the heat. Duh. Um, so, so yeah, we well, that's what we're thinking. We think that the equitation kids and the hunter riders are going to love it. So Absolutely. we can't wait to get it out there. Yeah. And all of our products are tested heavily over, like, 13 horses every day, over all size of fences. And all weather conditions. So it's really, it, there's there's a lot of, this is after several samples have been made. We finally Lots of testing. feel confident coming yep. That's why, I mean, a lot of companies come out with, like, 30 products at once. At one time. Line. Yeah. We're such perfectionists, and we sit and, you know, and that's also why we manufacture in Manhattan is we're also we're a little bit of, like, You know what I love about that? You know what I absolutely love <laughs> about that fact, and that caught my ear when you said it yesterday, is that you've got, you've got the newest in styling that actually fits people coming out of Manhattan, yeah. which yeah. has been known to, you know, when you think about Manhattan, the nostalgia of that, yeah. actually making clothing in Manhattan, <laughs> right. one, yeah. um, it, it, you always thought traditional. Yeah. And now it's just so cool. I really like that story. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great story. It's, we we yeah. have so much fun together. So is, your your shirts are available in stores already yes. because you've had those for a couple yep. of years. So you're going to ask for the S Equestrian. When is the jacket going to be available? The jacket, um, well, it's, it's available, available now for, for pre-order pre at Ada here mm -hmm. today, this okay. week. Um, and then it will be out on the racks, I mean, within the next couple of months at local tax So it'll be available for springtime. It's springtime, absolutely. I would say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Where can people find your stuff online? Uh, sequestrian.com. And that's E-C-E. E -E. It's um, old English. It means eternal, everlasting, which we fancy our products Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Well, there you go. And See? there were two E's in the name. And two E's. <laughs> Ellen and Emily. So we had <laughs> a more superficial level. You two are not sisters, though, and you could be. <laughs> we're, we're besties. We're BFFs. It's close enough, right? <laughs> That's why you're in business together. Sisters, it wouldn't work. No yeah. People yeah. say you shouldn't be as friends. We've yeah. heard that a lot. But so far, there's been no fights. There's been no hair pulling. Oh, that comes That's later. That's because it's you're what we did in your war. Hey, we've been, we we've, we're married, and we've been working together for 25 years. Yeah. So. You can make it work. Yeah. Absolutely. You can make it work. You can make it My work. My husband and I have been together for 10 years, and we do our the horse business together. So You're not old enough to be married for 10 years. Well, I've been married for four years. Oh, okay. Uh, We've uh, been together uh, for 10 years. Uh, okay. they, they got together when she was nine. Nine, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. okay, now it's awkward. Those hunter jumpers, they start young. <laughs> yeah, it's the demographic, right? <laughs>
gosh, no, but it is. You know, it, it, that when you work with uh, with your partner, it's uh, a different animal for yep. sure. It's different. Absolutely. But we love it. We got it on both sides. Ellen and I work in this, and yeah. Eric and I work in the horses. So. Another two E's. Another. That's two true. E's. That's Eric true. Ellen and Emily. Well, thank you guys for stopping by. We really appreciate so it. It was good to meet you. Good luck good to this meet season. You too. Thank you so much. You have some upcoming horses that you're excited about. Yeah, we've got a few going. We'll see. We've been taking it a little easy on the horses because we've been uh, putting all the energy into the clothing line. So we'll see. We'll see. We've got a few up and Getting comers. them back into work? Yep. Yeah, yeah okay. a couple horses, maybe some big ring starts this season. We'll see. Playing them by ear. Well, <laughs> well, good luck. Thank you very we'll, much. We'll look forward to hearing seeing you in the headlines. <laughs> we, hope. we know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, so thank I you, guys. Feel, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Well, they were a lot of fun. Emily, who is the hunter-jumper rider you heard in that segment, uh, is is in Wellington now, and she was so much fun. And she said that she's going to come on and she's going to give us live reports on the morning show from Wellington. So, oh, fun! Yeah, we, you know, I, I hate to say it, but uh, jumper riders a lot of times are focused and you know really focused on on what they're doing, and so they're a very serious group. And Emily was just so much fun. We said, you have to come on and do this. She's so excited about doing it. So she's going to give us a little bit of the flavor of Wellington on the morning show, on Horses in the Morning, every every so often she, we're going to have her on. Oh, fun. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. It's such, a, it's such an interesting scene down there, for sure. Lots to talk about. And aren't you sorry that you didn't go this year? Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I will be sorry, but I have to be honest, I'm buying a new truck tomorrow. So oh. that made it a little easier. So I did sort of have to make a decision. Are you going to be a, a bummer. Ford girl or uh, what kind of girl? I'm going to be a GMC be? girl, actually. A GMC I am girl. pretty sure. Yes, I, I did drive the Ford and I loved the Ford, actually. But uh, it was a little bit out of my price range. Um, so what, you I don't want to had... spend as much as you spent for your house. Yeah, it's a, I, I I could spend it too. It's it's oh beautiful, but uh, I, the GMC I I've had a GMC for 13 years and uh, we call it Go Go Big Blue for uh, UK here in town. So Go Go Big Blue, the heat finally went out uh, when it was negative one here, <laughs> and that was it. I told I came in and I told my sweet husband I'm like okay I don't care what it's gonna cost me I have to have heat. <laughs> it's a requirement. Uh, so I was the girl driving around. With with all her clothes. Well, it's on. no shame. You've you've gotten your money's worth out of that. Oh truck. yeah, big blue. Big blue's gonna have How a little bit of trade in on that diesel. Uh, it's not. It's a gas actually. Oh so really? Go you got that diesel. long out of a gas? Yes. Wow. A hundred and I think it's about hundred and eighty. <laughs> wow. Uh, big blue is a good truck. Out of a so. gas engine. Out of a gas engine. You can put a Cummings diesel in there. You'll go to a million miles. I know, right? So uh, <laughs> I'm ready for a little little shiny and new. So um, let me so, guess. It's gonna be blue. It is not actually. Really? It's going to be silver. I was. I wanted. I did want the blue. I blue is my favorite color. Um, but unfortunately, the new blue they have come out with doesn't match my trailer. <laughs> can you get racing stripes put on it? Blue racing stripes or something? Maybe. Maybe a complete wrap for your. Maybe. Farm. Ooh, I like it. So it's going to be silver. So we'll have to come up with a cool name for the silver. Uh, for the silver we truck. We did have so. a silver. Um, we had a silver Dodge Ram when they first came out with the diesels, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's in the days when Dodge Rams were the best trucks around. I'm not sure they yep. are anymore. But um, anyway, the, we call we are obviously had to call it the Enterprise because. Yes, I, I'm thinking the Silver Bullet, but we'll see. We'll see. And I'm sure I, I always name my cars. So, um, so yeah. So, but uh, yeah, buying trucks, Glenn. You should do a segment on buying trucks because it will. It is very complicated, but I feel like we're making strides, and uh, and and I'm, I think I'm going to get a good deal. So, uh, I'm looking forward to some heat in my vehicle. Now, it will match your new trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My sil- my trailer's silver and blue. So unfortunately, the blue didn't match, but the silver will look great on it. So as soon as I get my new truck, I will send uh, send a picture. We'll stick it up. But uh, it, it, it definitely, it, it's been, it's in some ways, the weather being bad is helpful because you get, my office is clean. I have cleaned out my closets, uh, my fridge. Uh, I finally told, uh, told my assistant that if uh, we don't start working soon, I'm going to like take a baking or something. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll Your get ready. Your husband's praying her. for more cold weather. Yes, more cold weather. <laughs> She'll take a baking because now I've spent all my money, so I can't buy anything. And uh, <laughs> so I am praying, uh, but it looks like tomorrow we're going to sort of uh, scoot up to the right temperature and uh we're going to be back in the 40s tomorrow so hopefully this is over but for everybody that's enduring the cold weather i'm right there with you it is it's been a hard one for sure 
Well, thank you, Reese, for filling in today. Helena will be back again next week. Uh, she, as I said, had a farrier appointment, so she will be back again next week. Let me just mention, too, that we are starting a new game on Horses in the Morning next Wednesday morning. Reese, you were you helped us out with the Wheel of Trivia at one point, didn't you? Yes, yeah. I did. Super uh, fun. Well, that's going away. We've ended the oh. Wheel of Trivia. It's been <laughs> a year since we were doing it now, so we decided to change the games up. Reese, you haven't even heard this yet, but oh. the new game is the EquityMFG.com Celebrity Trivia trivia challenge and what we're doing is we're going to match one celebrity rider against one of our listeners in a trivia challenge it's going to be three rounds and the winner of the three rounds then wins the prizes that we have that day what's going to happen with the celebrity is we're asking the celebrities to donate the prizes to their charity of choice uh, so if the celebrity wins, then they'll donate their prizes to the charity of choice. And it's, I think cool. it's going to be a blast and a lot of fun. Oh, sounds awesome. Yeah. I want to play. I know. A lot of people, are, <laughs> you know, I talked to a few of our quote-unquote celebrities, and they're all excited. And I can tell you who the first one's going to be next Wednesday is going to be uh, Aventor Olympian Gina Miles is going to there. And I think you've probably met Gina. In oh, the Gina's great. She's she is so, so much fun. fun. She is. Oh, she has been on be almost great. every show we have. We call her our guinea pig. And I saw her over the weekend because she has a product line out now and oh, wow. she has a uh, gina miles collection of bits that are distributed by professionals choice and also she just came out with at this show uh, the gina miles collection of saddle pads so uh she is going to give away one of her bits and her brand new saddle pad to the winner uh, if uh for this trivia challenge next week uh, cool. so that will be the prize and the saddle pad will be signed by gina so that'll be a very special one that you'll get. And that, uh, we appreciate her doing that and also Professional's Choice. But I went up to her and said, time for guinea pig again. And she yes. said, what are you going to have me doing now? So, <laughs> Super. But she oh, loved this wonderful. idea. She thought it'd be a lot of fun. So next Wednesday morning, we'll announce uh, on all our Facebook pages how you can play. There'll be a sign-up sheet on our Horses in the Morning website. And you sign up once, you'll be in there. And then we'll email you and say, are you available Wednesday morning? So you don't have to call and hang around on the phone. You'll know you're going to play that wednesday and then we'll have a different player every week and a different celebrity every week from all different parts of the horse world fine so, ah, should love be it. a lot of fun so uh we're <laughs> looking forward to that on horses in the morning and of course you can find reese over at the dressage radio show at dressageradio.com take a listen even if you're not a dressage rider the show is fun it's a lot of fun we try to make it and we really try to make it that everybody can learn something each show from any discipline, because that's the beauty of dressage is that it really can help or should help any discipline that you do. So come and listen. We have a great time, Philip and I. You do. You do. No alcoholic <laughs> beverages involved. No. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can get the app on the Horse Radio Network app. Just go to the App Store at iOS or Android and search for Horse Radio Network. That's it for this week, everybody. Thanks a bunch. And we'll be back again next week. And Helena usually says, uh, oh. I think that's plenty. Oh, uh, well. What do you usually say at the end? I usually say keep your heels down and your shoulders back. All right, and let's we'll talk do that. to you next week. We'll Sorry. be back again next week. And everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you soon. That applies to everybody. That's just not just sure. So that works. I was like, uh, what do I do? Bye, Reese. <laughs> Bye, Glenn. Thanks. <laughs>